This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, October 20th, 2019. Harvest. Gratitude reaps contentment. That's an attitude of gratitude, isn't it? And somebody who, you know, we might think had all the reasons in the world to be anything but grateful. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. Good morning, Connection Church. Good morning. So it's Harvest Month here at Connection. Excuse me. And so throughout October, we're going to be focusing on um, Galatians 6-7, where the Apostle Paul tells us we reap what we sow. Another way of saying it is we harvest what we plant. And so two weeks ago, we looked at how confession reaps freedom. Last week, we looked at how um, uh, prayer reaps intimacy. And this morning... As you may be tell, able to tell from that, how gratitude reaps contentment. Good morning, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who've been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for joining us today. And thank you, those of you on Facebook Live who are with us. You're a part of us. We're just one church with lots of locations. <laughs> So thanks for being here. One thing that I forgot to share is that tonight we have a special service at 6 o'clock. It's the worship and prayer service. Information's in your program, but we hope that you'll be able to come and have a special time of intimacy with the Lord. Would you pray with me, please? Almighty God, thank you so much for today. It's a day that you had in your mind's eye so long ago. It's no accident that any one of us are here. God, settle us in that we might hear your word and that we could apply it to our lives. We pray this in the name of the Father and the Son and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Everybody agreed and said, amen. Amen. So contentment, it's a state of peace at ease in and accepting of one's situation. To be content is to be satisfied with where you are, who you are, what you have. And yet content does not mean to be complacent. Complacency, amen. Have complacency is very similar in meaning with one significant difference. Complacent means one is self-satisfied yet unaware of any dangers or deficiencies. Content, on the other hand, means to be satisfied, yet open to possibilities, open to improvement. It reminds me of God's love for us. God loves us just as we are, but too much to leave us there. Entrepreneur Scott Miker, he discusses the difference between content and complacent on his website. Here's what Scott says. Too often we see successful individuals and feel they must never be satisfied in life. We strive and feel that we need more to be happy. We feel that once we get that raise, promotion, bonus, or once we pay off our debt, or once the kids go back to school, (laughs) then we will be happy. Marketing and sales professionals understand that they need to emphasize what is missing in your life and then show you how much better things will be if you had their product. All of this seems to point to a choice between being happy or being successful, but not both. The key to being happy is to realize that you have what you need 
and become content. But the key to success is to be constantly improving and to never become complacent. Micah goes, Micah goes on to share this. He says, contentment goes hand in hand with gratitude. Being appreciative of the same things in your life, you see everything as a miracle. The complacent individual doesn't see anything as a miracle and takes everything for granted. So one way to start being more content and less complacent is actually to find ways to be more grateful for the things you already have in life. For what I've read doing some research is Scott Micah, I didn't find it say that he was a Christ follower. He might be, but it didn't say that. But what rings out to me is, you know, God uses believers and unbelievers for our edification, doesn't he? God can use almost anything to help us see God more clearly. There you go. Gratitude. Psychology Today, in an article, tells us this. Gratitude is an emotion expressing appreciation for what one has, as opposed to, for instance, a consumer-driven emphasis on what one wants or thinks they need. Tossing off the half-hearted thanks won't cut it. Gratitude has to come from within and in a meaningful way. Studies show that people can deliberately cultivate gratitude by literally counting their blessings and writing letters of thanks, for example. This proactive acknowledgement can increase well-being, health, and happiness. Being grateful, and especially the expression of it, is also associated with increased energy, optimism, and empathy. Okay, so we've heard from Scott Micro, an entrepreneur, and from Psychology Today in an article about gratitude and contentment. The question is, why are we looking at these, this guy and this magazine for talking about these things in church Sunday morning rather than sitting home and catching them on Dr. Phil or on Ellen or something like that? Yeah. Well, quite simply, it's because of this. Our gratitude, which reaps contentment, is all tied into our expectations, and especially our expectations of God and of what God has given us, will give us, should give us in our expectations or our estimations. It's all tied into developing our Christian attitude of gratitude, and they all tie together into gratitude reaps contentment. Sarah Hardy who is a Christ follower, by the way, offers some tips for this in a, an article that she wrote, How to Be Truly Thankful. She begins by sharing that we are able to draw our very next breath only because God is gracious enough to give it to us. Everybody take a breath. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, that's a gift. From God, God gives us breath. But even though we should be thankful, it's sometimes tough to be thankful in every circumstance and at all times. A truly thankful soul is hard to achieve and hard to keep, she writes. And so she offers some tips in finding joy in true Christian gratitude. We're not talking just thankful, but we're talking Christian gratitude. And as a result reaping Christian contentment. 
Because our first tip is to lower expectations, or maybe a different way of saying, have expectations that make sense or are realistic. And when I read that, I thought instantly of, of a, a comedian, George Carlin. Anybody remember George? He's, he's deceased now. And here's a, here's a sideline. From what I understand, he was an atheist. So God can even use an atheist here on Sunday morning because this is very helpful. Learned this a while back. You know how we, we sometimes look at this and we, uh, some of us, the pessimists in the room would say the glass is half empty. Now, the optimists, on the other hand, would say the glass is half full. Carlin said, uh, uh, you know, don't go either of those cases. The, the, the problem here is the glass is too big. If you have the right size glass, it's always going to be full. Size up your glass right, it's never going to be half empty or half full. It's always going to be full, just like our expectations. You know, if we size up our expectations properly, we're never going to be disappointed, are we? There you go. I think about expectations, and sometimes we have way too high expectations of ourselves we just can't humanly meet, or of other people. We expect things of other people that aren't who they are. Or of God. Or of God. Absolutely. So here's some examples of unrealistic expectations. First of all, a conflict-free marriage. Now, we know that applies to nobody here, especially us. But, you know, for the outside, you know. <laughs> here's another one. Children who are always obedient. <laughs> but here's the one that kind of hurts. A life free from disease and pain. For us, for our loved ones. You see, when we have those kinds of expectations of God, we're going to always see the glass half empty as opposed to the blessing of being full. And we'll be disappointed. Yeah. So let's keep it real here, okay? <laughs> These three ideas are part of paradise. <laughs> and we lost paradise when Adam and Eve ate the fruit of disobedience, when, when sin entered the world. And as a result, in this life, there will be challenges. There will be pain. There will be conflict. Your scripture you find throughout. And being a follower of Jesus doesn't mean that Jesus waves a magic wand <coughs> and everything's magically good and okay and every, all that stuff disappears. In fact, he points that out. That's, that's not how it works. Even as Christ followers, we experience these things, and sometimes even to a greater extent because we are Christ followers. Not because Jesus makes that happen, but sometimes in the culture when it becomes more challenging. And so we're reminded here of, of the verses from the Old Testament book, Ecclesiastes, the verses that remind us that there's a time for everything, including the challenges of life. This was turned into a song many years later, made very popular by a group called The Birds back in the 60s. But it rings true today, just as it did when it was written in the scripture, just as it was true, sung in the 60s. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant, a time to uproot, a time to kill, a time to heal, 
a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to search and a time to give up, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. And all of it is God's time. Life does have its seasons, doesn't it? I often think of different seasons in my life and I know that seasons change and they come and go. But the sun keeps coming out. The moon's there at night somewhere. And God is on the throne. We need to realize that in every season, it would be important to have right-sized expectations so that we don't live in constant turmoil and upset. Choosing the right size glass that will be filled by God. Another tip Sarah Hardy offers is that for us to be truly thankful, we need to give thanks at all times for all things, including the difficult things in life. Gratitude isn't just for the sunny days of our lives. She says that joy isn't the opposite of trouble, it's a choice. It's a choice we make. Joy is a choice we make in the midst of our trouble. We can choose joy even in the midst of broken families, painful childhoods, failing health, you name it, we can choose. And then God uses those challenges of life to shape us, to take us from who we are to who he wants us to be. Check out what Jesus' brother James shares in a, a chapter of a book by that same name, James, uh, chapter 1, verses four, 2 through 4. Consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. You know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work so you become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. You know, this scripture, tests and challenges come at you from all sides and pressure and being able to have a faith-filled life, that's what it felt like for me last week. With the joy of, of the wedding and then the next day, uh, beginning to spend time with Barb and Mike as... Mike was making his transition, and then Monday afternoon when that happened, and it, it was glorious, but it's still heartbreaking at the same time. And no sooner had I gotten home, I mean, literally got home, <laughs> dumped my bags, stood in, in my kitchen like this, because hadn't had much sleep in a couple well, of days. Well, you had grapes out on the counter, right, because I found them when I got I home. Had, okay. I had just gotten some grapes out. My so. My phone was ringing, and it was our daughter-in-law, Stephanie, saying, please come, that 
Alex, our granddaughter, 17 months, Turner found her unresponsive on the floor, and he did CPR, the ambulance was being called, and that we needed to come. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So we got in the car. The good news is that the baby's okay. They aren't exactly sure what happened. Parents and grandparents are scared to death right now, but everything's fine. Um, but I just felt pressed, but not defeated. And I felt like, okay, God, I know that you're with us no matter what, and you're going to get us through whatever happens. That's what Jesus does. And that's why it's so important to take that step in and accept Christ and then live a life of gratitude because the challenges of life come at us. And so we can live out this faith life, forced in the open, showing its true colors. To go back to what I said before that, you know that under pressure, <laughs> yeah. under pressure, your faith life is forced in the open and shows its true colors. In other words, under pressure, you know, it's easy to be faithful when we're not challenged, isn't it? It's, it's being faithful, it doesn't even, big deal. Oh, I was faithful, you didn't have any challenges. But the question is, under pressure, your faith light is forcing the open to show really what it's all about. Time and pressure. I don't remember if this was elementary school, junior high, middle, whatever you call it now, school or what, where we learned this. What happens to a lump of coal with time and pressure? It becomes a precious diamond. Isn't that awesome? A lump of coal, time and pressure, time, transformed, trans made into something. It's still carbon, but it looks a whole lot different, doesn't it? You don't pay hundreds slash thousands for lumps of coal, do you? No, no. You know what? We are just like that. God uses time and pressure to take these lumps of coal and turn us into precious diamonds as well. As we've all so often said, God never wastes a hurt. When you're in the midst of it, you're going, God, I'd rather not be a part of this. <laughs> oh, I forgot to say I got pulled over by a cop on Monday, too. So, I mean, it was... Like I said, I, God, I really don't need this today. <laughs> True. But, well, that was a, an opportunity to find grace, though. It was. Uh, because that cop was very grace-filled. Very. Thank you, Lord. Anyway, <laughs> God never wastes a pullover or a hurt. Using our challenges to transform Don't us. Don't do this while you're driving. <laughs> Actually, he said it was more like, well, anyway. Anyway, to help those around us, you know, to help us, to help those around us, and especially to glorify God. That guy in the intro, the bump into the message, was talking about the blind man in Scripture. And you remember, they, they, the disciples, why was he born blind? It was something his parents did. And Jesus said, God's going to use this to glorify God. God. Remember? Maybe if you're not familiar with it, it's a great passage. God, and God did use it to glorify God. And that's what it does with, with our hurts and stuff. As Paul shares in his letter to the church at Rome, Romans 8 verse 28. It's from the NIV, the New International Version. And we know, say it with me, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. That's you and me. Amen? Amen. 
The third tip for being truly thankful is to be humble towards God. When we focus on what God should give us rather than what God has given us, mm. haven't we put ourselves like at the center of the universe? <laughs> and when we do that, isn't that a sign of pride? And actually pride is sin. When we think me, 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 wow. And so we might ask, what does it look like to be humble before God? Hmm. Well, first of all, we got to remember who's in charge, right? <laughs> and praise him. God created us, not the other way around. You know, a uh, big difference between us and God, God never thinks he's us. <laughs> Think about that. <laughs> remember who's in charge. Pay more attention to your faults than the flaws of others. Keep in mind Matthew 7, 3, when Jesus asked why we're more concerned with the splinter in our, someone else's eye than the wooden plank or beam in our eye. Mm. Mm. And finally, serve others. Serve others. Mark 10, 45 tells us Jesus came to serve, not be served, and he calls us to do the same. Finally, to be truly thankful, we must allow God to use us, even if that means stretching and pushing and pulling, which we don't like because it hurts sometimes. We don't like to be pushed and pulled. It's painful. But we're reminded here of the book of Isaiah, found in the Old Testament, first part of the Bible. He was a, a prophet who shared with the people God's word. Chapter 64, verse 8. And the prophet Isaiah shares this. He says, yet you, Lord, are our father. We are the clay. You are the potter, and we are the work of your hand. You know, a potter can only shape clay when it's pliable. Have you ever found some old clay in a drawer in a closet, and you tried to work it, and it just it didn't work, right? It's not pliable. It's hardened up. It's lost its moisture. Sarah Hardy suggests that we, that we not allow ourselves to dry up. And the way we stay hydrated is through the word of God. We stay pliable to God by reading his word and scripture on a regular basis. And God will always use us, the clay, for his purpose. He's the potter. He's in charge. And as such, we don't choose what he's going to do with us, do we? I mean, we can give him an idea. Good luck with that. Unless you happen to be thinking exactly on the lines that God is. Yeah. We don't get to choose. Whether maybe he's going to turn us into a statue, a vase, a jar, a plate, or something else clay-like. We can ask God to use us for his glory, but we don't get to choose what path of glory God's going to put us on. And sometimes that glory comes out of our sinful weakness and the forgiveness that we receive. And sometimes it comes out of our battle, or a battle of loved ones with disease and illness, and we hate those. We hate that. But then the only healing we realize comes from the one above, whatever that healing might look like. It might not look like what we wanted. And I told you, Lord, exactly how to heal this thing, and wow, it, it doesn't work like that, does it? No. Now, God uses each of us 
as he chooses, and it's only through his eyes, when we try to look through his eyes, that we can see our place in his greater plan. And so it's through the gratitude that we reap contentment, satisfied to be right where we are with God, yet not so complacent that we want to stay there and not continue to grow in him. Gratitude reaps contentment. Check it out. So I've been doing hip-hop music since I was a little kid. Just a part of that culture, the way I dress, the way I talk, is literally a part of who I am. And so now when I became a believer, when I was 16, God started to use that part of me in a way that I never even thought he could. And, uh, you know, I, I can relate to people that look like me, talk like me, dress like me, but they're like, wow, this, this dude is you know, rapping the gospel. This dude is rapping about Jesus. And so it literally blows people's minds just like it blew my mind, you know, when, when I saw it for the first time as well. A lot of times as an artist, I, I can struggle with discontentment in terms of looking at other artists' platforms. And uh, when I begin to compare myself to other people. And so it's like, as my platform was growing, it's almost like my heart wanted more, you know, and it, it wasn't, always satisfied with the growth that was happening right before my eyes. Whenever I start to look at other artists, whether it's I'm at their shows or whether it's on their social media pages, sometimes, you know, my, my heart can be like, how is that not me? Whenever I'm going through these struggles, these wrestles, honestly, I'm never really questioning what, what God is doing. It's more so of, man, am I just inadequate? I mean, one of the number one things that helps shape my heart for more gratitude than discontentment is literally just diving into God's word. Uh, I feel like every time I dive into God's word, it humbles me because it really just puts the human heart in check. I mean, if I'm following my heart on a day-to-day -day basis, a lot of people say to follow your heart, I would be in trouble. You know, just having accountability and having uh, good conversations with brothers throughout the week, you know, and just having relatable situations, always pointing each other back to the word. And then um, just my, my daily, my daily uh, quiet time with God, going throughout the day and diving in his word and, and seeing beautiful things with him uh, allows me to, to be grateful for what I have. I really like what he said when he said, if I depended on my own heart, my own feelings, I'm going to go the wrong way. It's really important to know the word of God, to have that intimacy. We talked about this last week of prayer and to know what God wants for us because we will always come unsatisfied if we go on our own and we will not have a spirit of, of gratitude because there's this more, more, more. Nothing will fill our glass except God. Nothing. Oh, we try, don't we? So what about you? What about you? Where are you with all this? Do you live with an attitude of gratitude, thankful for what God has done, is doing, will do? Including the difficult situations, including the challenges, when they hit, are, is your head down? 
or up. It's a lot better when it's up. Because when it's down, it's dark. And when it's up, you know that there's hope and there's light, no matter what. Are your expectations realistic? So that you're not constantly disappointed. Is your glass the right size? Are you able to reap contentment as a result of your gratitude? Contentment, not complacency. Open to more, but happy with what you've got. We hope so. We hope so. This is the season. I mean, we're getting ready to talk about Thanksgiving and Christmas and everything's coming up and it just kind of breeds this need, need, need or want, want, want. Be content with the things of God and most of all with what he's done for us. Sending his one and only son to fill those empty spaces in our heart so that we can live with our face up, our head up, and even have joy in the midst of challenges. Gratitude reaps contentment. That's the good news of the scripture. Let's believe it and let's live it. Amen? Amen. Amen. Will you pray with me, please? Almighty God, we thank you for today. I am grateful that we are worshiping in, a, in this country where we can do so freely. I am grateful that you brought us through some pretty tough times as a church to this place where we pray that your light will shine and we can live out our mission to connect people with Jesus and the new life he offers. Thank you for the breath that you give us right at this moment. Help us be content rather than complacent. Not looking for the, the things of the world to fill the gaps and the holes in our heart, but only you. Nothing but Jesus. Thank you for your goodness and your grace. And I pray all this in the name of the Father and the Son and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Everybody agreed and said, Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.